Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to another episode of The Proc Talks. This is going to be the last interview episode of this year. And I'm very happy to have um, calling Rasmus. from from uh, the outskirts of Denmark, Rasmus from Franklin Zoo. Hi, Rasmus. How are you doing? Hey, man. Hi, Dara. Nice to meet you. Um, yeah, as as we see with the beautiful lighting, uh, it's very dark where you are. Where are you exactly, Rasmus? I'm uh, I'm at the outskirts of Denmark uh, in a rather isolated place called Ötzel, which uh, and, and the reason I'm there is because my two youngest sons have COVID, so we are we drove to, to isolation around a week ago. And the little one still is not without symptoms, so we're still here. We're kind of stuck. But the house is a little bit tight. It's only 20 square meters. So I fried them with candy and SpongeBob SquarePants. And then I'm sitting outside doing this. It's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so, um, yeah, all the best for your sons that they recover quickly and soon and uh, you can return um, to, to your normal life. <laughs> um, but yeah. of course, we 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 want to take the opportunity, the last uh, interview opportunity of uh, this year, um, to get to know the band Franklin Zoo a little bit, because that was like, uh, as I said in my mini review for the uh, for, for the reviews of the week, for the re- releases of the week, um, back uh, at the beginning of October, um, that. It just came out of nowhere. Um, and no, it's not true. I just remember, sorry, I didn't uh, write it for the releases of the week um, because I missed it then. Kind of, I had heard the last single, but I was like, complicated story. Anyway, I didn't write the mini review for the for the releases of the week. I wrote it for the very first Rise and Shine. And um, because I had missed it for the releases of the week and... Um, yeah, it was a discovery out of our promo emails um, from uh, yeah our promotional partners, um, and I h- hadn't heard about you before, so I want to know everything. Where, where, maybe we'll start at the beginning. Where, where like, uh, how long uh, is uh, Franklin Zoo a band, and what have you done so far? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, uh, yeah, I and mean, thank you for writing about us. By the way, really stoked about it. Franklin um, Zoo. Well, the current constellation has been six, been existing for I don't know six or seven years. I think maybe eight. The band um, was started back in two thousand nine, I think, and it was um, to begin with our a. The project where we just wrote more straight up rock music. Um, no stuff that you can drink beer, listening to at a bar, screaming a little bit. No, um, pretty straightforward stuff. Um, and then we decided to see if we could 
sort of explore even more. So uh, we wrote uh, our first label album, which was Red Skies, and that came in 2016. We released an EP before that, which had a lot of airtime. Everything went pretty well. But Red Skies was, was the first like label record. Before that, we had um, um, a DIY one called Untamed. Yeah, Untamed uh, from 2013. Um, I, I listened to it uh, now preparing for this interview to explore a little bit your back catalog. And yeah, it's uh, the, the um, I mean, it still sounds like Franklin Zoo. Uh, like the, you, you guys have some, some own voice, uh, I would say, um, some unique voice, but... but But yeah, it was it was pretty obvious that back then it's it was a lot more straightforward. Um, and uh, then the Franklin Zoo, the self-titled EP, I thought was a little bit more doomy or stoner. And then with mm -hmm. with uh, with the Red Skies, you, you you started to go in the direction where you kind of like uh, uh, that you went further in with the new album, the Dandelion Child, that uh, was released yeah. now in in, in, in October. Um, so yeah, when you, when you started out, it was, uh, it was not, um, clear that you, you will wonder go into a direction like this, right? No, I, I don't think we have the gut to, to, to be honest. It, I, I think that it was, I don't know, man. I think it was more important for us to sort of be uh, more mainstream at the beginning. Um, it, it's a bit shameful to say, but it was maybe not as much as now about the music as it is now. It had more to do with all the partying, I guess. <laughs> with, uh, with, you know, writing stuff like that, you know, every, every everybody can relate and And it was uh, a very fun time with a lot of beers. Uh, but then with Red Skies, as you said, we, we sort of tried to see even more with the Doomy Gloomy thing on the EP, see what happens if we explore a mo more emotional expression. And the Dandelion Child now is definitely some sort of climax with regard to that exploration because Lyric-wise, songwriting-wise, everything has just taken this artsy part to turn where you go from just being a bar band to actually see what happens if we actually do what we can instead of just playing around with all the easy stuff. So along came all the odd leaders and the long tracks and the more deep narratives, lyric-wise as well. You know, this, the first lyrics I wrote, man, it, They were downright, I wouldn't say stupid, but they were very, very shallow. Okay. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, like woman, woman, baby, you know, you know, I love you. So it's like it's stuff like that. It's so bad, like that, you know, just some, some shit, just made it up. And uh, then I don't know, I don't know, we, the, the label record, Red Guys, which was released, released through my music, Target Records, was a little bit more, um, became darker. And we found out that the dark expression sort of was where we 
wrote the best music. So we kept going that way. And now when, when you have the dandelion child, it's, um, it's, it's sort of like we've been through the darkness and we're still, now we want to include both ends of that spectrum, not just darkness. And, Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful, that's a nice, um, yeah. Mm, progression <laughs> towards yeah, something yeah. different. Um, there's like, uh, it's been, yeah, five years uh, between red skies and the dandelion child. Um, what, what were you guys up to in, in the meantime? I mean, because I didn't know you before I, I wasn't following you. So I, I have no idea what you were up to. Did you, did you uh, have a lot of uh, tours and, 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 and live shows before uh, when it's still, when it was still possible? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. And, and, and that was actually why we didn't produce that much was that we were out playing all the time. Um, and we, um, I, I play in another band as well, which is more like Doomy Stoner thing. I um I released uh, um, I took over from Peter Dolving from The Haunted. He had a project in Denmark called I Am Fire, but he wasn't able to. He, he recorded the entire record, but he wasn't able to tour it. So um, they asked me if I wanted to to sing his parts and to sing the the record live. And I of course said yes because I love Peter. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Dolving fan, so I was like oh wow this is a huge opportunity for me and alongside that i had uh family to do with uh, the red skies too where we went to the uk we went to finland we went to holland uh germany all sorts of places as well as all the danish concerts so we were pretty busy and then came my third kid <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic story man We have 11 children in this band. So <laughs> wow. we, Family band. We do have, yeah, we, we, we do have periods of time where people are less available. And with all the touring, as well as the writing, uh, that takes a lot of time. So then we prioritize so that we play the live shows, all the live shows that we got. And then actually COVID came like a well-deserved break. <laughs> uh, where we could finish stuff, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's sort of like that. And yeah. now, now the dandelion child, uh, if I uh, saw it correctly, uh, was uh, self-released again. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know, it was just this is, this is the hard part. There's, you know, labels today they sign you and they distribute your music. And we sort of, we, 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 we break even, so to speak. And they, they work mainly as a bank because they want to have back all the money that you spend. With them owning the music you make. So I do not own the rights to Red Sky. I do not own the master of Red Sky. Yeah. Uh, my, old, my old record label does that. So we decided to see if we could go another way and pay a prime to promote it and keep owning the music ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's sort of that philosophy. Um, of course, it costs a lot of money. You know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know, in euros, I'm not right enough. I think it, it has cost us, um, if I calculate it, we need to divide 
it has cost around 20,000 euros to make this one. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of so money, but but I but, but I want to say it was worth it because it's a brilliant record. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, man. I'm I'm so happy you like it. Uh, there's a vinyl coming here in mid December. Beautiful. So it's going to be a, a double double gate thing. Um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted we wanted to to make everything as as artistic as possible, which includes that. The cover art has been hand painted by a good friend of ours who's an excellent painter. And all the lyrics in the case hold I sat down written them by hand so they're printed in the wow, beautiful. Every detail is taken care of with great diligence. Yeah. Um yeah, so so it has been out since October, since the beginning beginning of October, and we just we just heard that you went the the DIY route, releasing it yourself. But um, yeah, you have uh, um, Prime uh, promoting it. Um, how has the reception been so far? Well, it, it's been pretty good. Like all the reviewers love it, um, maybe except for one. Uh, <laughs> But that's okay, you know. <laughs> you can't please any everyone. <laughs> no, and and um, and I, I I will say that there has been fewer reviews than when we had uh, a label. Okay. It's like a, you can actually feel a huge difference right there. It's like when you have a label behind you, people take the record more seriously. So I, I've, uh, that's a subjective estimation, but I've definitely felt that. The reception overall has been pretty overwhelming. People really dig this. And I can absolutely see why. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it feels like you let it all out there and you feel extremely vulnerable when you do something like this, because this is like, it's so easy to go through life and half acid because then you can always tell yourself if you don't succeed you didn't try hard enough that's why you that's why you didn't succeed you can always have this excuse you know but that excuse with this record has been completely removed you know <laughs> this, is, this is this is the best we can do and if we don't succeed we just we just didn't didn't succeed and there's no excuse for it you can't say well it's it's due to us not trying hard enough. No, we tried our absolute best here. So for, for me, this record it has a big personal value because it's uh, it's a piece of music where I've I I I, I really tried my hardest. Yeah. Whereas with the first record on Kane, that was Um, the last, what was the last bit you 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 broke up there? Uh, the first record was uh... that, that, that that was easy, you know. That easy. was like yeah. yeah, four by four. Uh, I can if I twang stuff the right way, sound like you know a, a, a rock hard rock, pretty good singer. Uh, and and this was just uh, it was more of an exhibition. The first record was more of an exhibition than it was actually a piece of art. And some people like that, 
Uh, and I think I did not have the courage at that time to do something which would be more advanced. Uh, because then I would actually be vulnerable and the reception of things would hit me. Um, but but now it, it feels better because you're more invested yourself. It's all, it, it's all, it's, it always also brings more vulnerability, but at the same time, you need to be able to take it before you make art that's good enough. So it's taken 10 years for us to... <laughs> a place where we got the cut, but now we got it, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know if it's still true. But uh, I remember back in the day um, when I was first starting out to to be interested, to really being interested in music. Uh, they they used to say that like the third record is the make it or break it record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. L- l- let's talk about the music a little bit more. Let's talk about uh, the influences. I mean. Um, the bands that i compared you to that they, they were actually also in the press release and and for once they were really uh, spot on you know like uh uh Opeth, soundgarden tool and deftones um and i would i personally would add uh the swedish vulcan um to that which was kind of my discovery of last year they have a like a similar earthy heavy prog rock sound um so um yeah now that we know uh the progression of your um like your approach to music um what would you say are are your personal main influences that's the best question man oh this this band is like a chimera you know uh daniel and i Uh, who are the main composers, we also have Soren. We all have a pretty strong link to the grunge era, the Seattle grunge era. Uh, but that's sort of like when you were 16 and wearing the final shirt and all that. Um, so I have a love for the, the more advanced parts of grunge. Uh, not the more advanced part, that sounds fucking stupid. No, I love I Nirvana. Uh, yeah, I love Nirvana. I love the old Nirvana. I, uh, I, uh, I'm one of those guys that believe that Dave Grohl should not ever sing again and only play the drums. <laughs> I, I love Dave Grohl. I, 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 I sure. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like I, I, I don't get Foo Fighters. It's too easy. Whereas Nirvana, it sounds like they, they was, they were fighting with the instrument, you know. <laughs> and I, I I I really love Alison Chains. I love Soundgarden. I love Pearl Jam. Uh, I love the Melvins. Uh, mm. I love all that <laughs> behind the stuff. My main band has probably always been Nirvana or Soundgarden, uh, uh, as Alison as as well as Alison Chains. But that's the crunch thing, and we all have that aura in us. On the other hand, I love. Joni Mitchell, I love David Bowie, I love Nick Cave, I love Leonard Cohen, I do not like Iron Maiden, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm not into King Diamond, I love Led Zeppelin, I love Rush, uh, I love Sumac, you know the band that they're from, uh, they're from Canadian, uh, uh, it's an American Canadian band, I'll send it to you, you're gonna fucking fall down the chair, man. Okay. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 great. I love Opeth. Uh, I love Candlemas. I love. 
I, I, I think my, my taste is extremely broad. Uh, I love jazz music. I love soul music. I like, yeah. But, but, Lauren Hill, you, 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 you name it. Everything, everything that has a sort of a nerve to it. Um, but with regard to this music, um, the, the clear influences has, the, the clear thing is that Daniel, the main riff master, has listened to a lot of opus. And it's all, also maybe the biggest David Bowie fan and Frank Stabber fan I've known my entire life. <laughs> and on the other hand, you have a guy like me who likes to read and write poetry and can sing. And I love every singer that has some, something invested into what they do. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the gender of the singer or the sex of the singer. I don't give a shit as long as it just tells me a good story. I believe that Joni Mitchell is one of the best singers ever, by far, by none. <laughs> she's, she's amazing, and the day that she's the day that she dies is going to be a personally sorrowful day for me, as well as when Chris Cornell went away. So, um, so as Le- a Leonard Cohen, person, yeah, <laughs> as well, you know, and and uh, and and uh, right now I'm listening to Jose. Yeah, uh, because I found found a, a tune called "The Arsonist Lullaby," and I just I found it extremely beautiful. So when stuff is beautiful, I'm immediately immediately turned on to it. When stuff is more like a costume party, costume yeah. party, like uh, I think that people love. Iron Maiden and King Diamond and, and that part and I, I don't say there's something wrong with it. <laughs> I just don't understand it. <laughs> and and that's not it has nothing to do with me being more or less intelligent than everybody else. I just don't understand the purpose of bands like that. Um, the, the funny thing you should mention it because um I mean I do like some some Soundgarden or or some Pearl Jam, maybe some Alice in Change, but but I never got into Nirvana. Um, I have to no. admit, and and the and the whole um, like the grunge um, aesthetic was never one I've been like immediately drawn to. And uh, but but lately there there has been a couple of bands that that uh, um, have incorporated into something else, like. Um, um i think it was last year um there was a canadian american band uh gargoyle um yeah uh with dave davidson from revocation on the guitars and uh that's like king crimson um doing avant-garde grunge or something and i was so hooked because it, it was so twisted but but had still got like this earthy grungy feeling and um yeah in vulcan i don't feel the grunge that much as in frank franklin zoo but um it's it's uh, it's not that i have to tolerate it i think i i really enjoy it in this um yeah new package if you want <laughs> yeah i'm i'm so happy you think so because when it comes to grunge in this band, we are all extremely picky. So uh, there, there's part of grunge that we dislike, and there's part of grunge that we like. And of course, we're we're being compared to Soundgarden all the time. Um, maybe it also has something to do with my vocals. I don't know, but um, I, I'm so glad that you noticed. It's like a, a glass of wine with notes of grunge in it, 
and 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 we are extremely picky about what those notes are. Um, and 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 we are extremely picky about what we sort of add to the music all the time. As also you wrote in the review that we have uh, Jacob Bradow from Hatespear uh, as a guest vocalist on the Abandoned, which is the last closer of the record. And uh, that was also up for discussion. This is a discussion band, you know, like <laughs> everything is just, oh, you know, it's been dragged through a number of reflections. Okay. But Jacob was Jacob for us was the obvious choice. I, I was I said I want him or I want the the, the lead singer from Sumac to do this. And there uh, no one else I want to want, <laughs> I want to do it because Jacob's vocals are at least in in the the thrash scene, uh, you know they're legendary and, and he's he's such a presence both as a person as well as a, as a vocalist. He's a good friend, and I really like him. I like the way that he is as a person, and the lines that he's singing in that song. It's actually uh, important because those are lines of a person that admits that they exaggerate and tell lies about themselves because they feel deep down inside they're not good enough. So I needed a very honest, calm man who can scream this shit to scream it. Because that's what abandonment does to you. I'm, I'm a psychologist when I'm not a singer. And I know that when people have been through you know, early childhood abandonment, they have a sort of overcompensating way of going about truth. So they always, they always make up stuff, you know, uh, like uh, maybe they can run 100 meters in 15 seconds, but they'll go around and tell the people they can run it in 11 seconds. <laughs> and the problem is that nobody likes a person like that. And, and I wanted Jacob to convey this for us. So with regards to the grunge notes on the record, uh, I, I think that it has mainly to do with the parts of Soundgarden, Soundgarden that we like the most, um, which would be the, the Bad Motor Finger Records. It has plays a huge role in this band, of course. The um, I can't remember the black one, but you know the main, the one after Bad Motor Finger. I can't remember what it's called right now. Super unknown, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's all, also also plays a role, but we're actually more into all the other music than Super Unknown in this band. And <laughs> and I I love Chris Cornell. I love all his solo things as well. You know, Euphoria Morning, excellent record. His uh, song song singer songwriter record, where uh, from where he just sits down with an acoustic guitar and plays his ass off. I love that. So. I'm glad that you noticed the notes, but I'm also glad that you don't notice it in a way that we're shoving mainstream music down your throat. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an attempt to, to, to take out the coolest stuff we could actually find and make references to that. If you are enjoying this interview, please head over to theprogspace.com for more reviews, articles, pictures and interviews all about progressive music. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Theprogspace.com um, 
Um, yeah, you you already mentioned King Diamond a, a couple of times, and yet that you don't like him or that you don't get his music. <laughs> let's put it like that. Yeah. And and he yeah, he's, yeah. he's of course uh, uh, one of the if not the biggest uh, heavy music expert of uh, Denmark, right? Um, yeah. Um, but apart from him, I I like. Um, watching from afar from the south of Germany I have the feeling that the Danish hard uh, heavy music scene is uh, um, flourishing um, amazingly so uh, is there any other Danish bands that you, you're particularly digging right now that uh, that are active now there was but they dissolved some years ago uh, they were called Black Book Lodge Okay. Uh, they've made, I think it's three records, and I have to recommend all three of them. Uh, Ronnie, which is the front man, uh, is an excellent singer, excellent songwriter. I fucking love that band. It was Black, and, Black Book Lodge? Yeah, Black Book Lodge, like the Lodge of the Black Book. Yeah. Ah, okay. And then I like, uh, I still feel as the new guy and a guest singer. So I like I Am Fire, which was Dolving's project here in Denmark. Mm -hmm. um, it's with um, the, uh, the old H-tier bass player, Michael Elat, who's part of the old team with uh, Jacob Bradel as well. Uh, he plays the bass, and we have, yeah, those guys are excellent. It's, uh, Yeah, they're, they're really, really good. So I'm Fire, Black Book Lodge. What else? Um, I have Mill. M-O, you know, the Danish E. Yes. Mill, I like that. And their lead singer just uh, joined another band called the Arcane Order. Ah, those yes. guys are pretty, yeah, those guys are pretty cool. Yeah, um, um, Mill has a new record out this year. I think it's even on Nuclear Blast. So they, I think they're, yeah. they're, they're kind of blowing up. With with this kind of blackened hardcore or whatever they're doing, um, yeah, exactly. like it's pretty fierce uh, stuff. Um, yeah, and here and, it's high speeds, like <laughs> they're up there all the time, you know. <laughs> and the 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 Arcane Order just had the like just released a new single, I guess. Uh, I think yeah. like like a week ago or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Kim, the, the lead singer, was, was presented. You know, the, no one knew. I didn't know that he was joining that band. So a huge surprise <laughs> for me. A pleasant surprise, nonetheless, but but a huge one. Um, no, but there are a lot of bands. Those are the metal bands. I think we have also Vola, uh, which is a really, really good band that have sort of made, made a name. Absolutely. They made they a can... name outside of Denmark before they're, they come they're, back they're, to Denmark they're... and blow up there. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very, very interesting to see. Uh, uh, they are truly the 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 shooting stars uh, of the progressive, modern progressive metal scene these days. Um, yeah, like uh, in the wake of the Leprises and Hakenses, <laughs> yeah. uh, they are they are kind of the next big thing. I have the feeling, and um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and also we have we have I have another band called Alchemist, uh, which is like yeah, those guys are pretty good as well. I have to say, I I really enjoy them. Uh, they they've made a couple of records now, so, and I know I know for a fact they're working on the third one. 
Okay, but I think uh, what was the name? Maybe you will have to to send it to me. <laughs> Didn't really get yeah, it. Yeah, I can send you this. It's an alchemist. It's called it's A L K Y M I S T. Alchemist. Ah, alchemist. Ah, okay. Alchemist. Yeah. Now, now, now uh, you guys are there listening to the um, podcast. Uh, can understand it as well, and and can write it down and search for it. Um, if you're interested, um, yeah, I think it's very interesting to see that the the, the uh, a lot of Danish bands seem to be, you know, in the, the more progressive metalcore um, direction. So it's kind of refreshing to see uh, some Danish bands doing something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think that we got kind of sick of, our, sick of ourselves here in Denmark. You know, everything's so plain. Uh, uh but uh, yeah I, i i really dig the new music that's coming out um i don't always get all of it i have to say and i also think that it has to do with i don't know when when, when you listen to a lot of music and you and you live your life through music so to speak it's like you need a soundtrack in order to feel that you exist It, it sort of desensitizes you to what music is. It has to be more and more extreme. I sometimes I compare it to to uh, to drugs. You know, it, 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 you you develop this tolerance, and you need more in order to feel a kick. So when I said to you before, Sumac is going to blow you off the chair. I'm talking about Sumac and their huge epic song called "The Task," which is 21 minutes. And 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 that blew me away. Finally, I felt blown away again. As when I heard the proofs. As when I heard uh, just not me for the first time. You know that kind. Of, when I heard uh, Jacob Pastorius for the first time. When I heard Frank Sabbath the first time. Wow. I had that feeling. And 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 it takes something. It takes more and more for you to get that feeling, right? Do you know that? I can absolutely relate. And 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 also, um, yeah. The best um, example for it was that uh, that for a long time I was not really able to get into the more extreme stuff, um, apart from Opeth maybe or a couple of other, um, yeah, that ha might have uh, a little bit of growls here and there. Um, but then in mm. 2015, 2016, suddenly like my horizon opened and widened um, with with bands like like Hypnos from France and and um, Uh, Black Crown Initiate, Rivers of Nile, Oceans oh, of Slumber, yeah. um, all that, all that good stuff. That, but that, that, that and and slice the cake. Um, but, but that can yeah. be really, really brutal as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's never... true. It's like when you hear the when you hear the ocean. I, I love the ocean and the yeah, yeah. And, and I heard the ocean first time. I heard that that one that was called um, Triassic. And that riffle, I was like, holy shit, finally something something touched me again. The same with another Danish band called uh, LLNN. Yeah. Uh, they're actually on Pelagic Records right now with the ocean. Yeah, and right. They, 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 those guys are good friends. So Rasmus, the drummer, um, was our old video guy before he got too busy playing the drums with LLNN. 
And when I heard Daniel Records, the maker, I, I, I actually got again, you know, that feeling, you know, yeah. oh my God. I, 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 I did, I did <laughs> listen to the, to the singles and, and I thought it was pretty brutal. I, I, I didn't uh, explore it further yet. Maybe I'm going to check the album out now. Uh, coming yeah, so highly, coming so highly mm-hmm. recommended from you. <laughs> yeah, but you need to taste it like small doses. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like, sometimes it's, it's, that is. It's an acquired taste, I think. <laughs> sometimes uh, that is that is absolutely needed in order to yeah. kind of get into something. That, 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 um, there was one um, particular album, um, the guys from Ash Breather who who were on here uh, like two weeks ago on the Prog Talks uh, recommended it was uh, Cavalcade by Black Midi. Um, uh, an album oh. that was released uh, this year, and I and I, I told them, well, I didn't get into it. What I heard, I, I heard that everybody's raving about it, and and that it's kind of some avant-garde math rock meets King Crimson or something. And I, oh yeah, that could right be up my my weirdness and 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 weird prog alley. But I didn't get into it, so I'm, well, I will need to try again sometime maybe in smaller doses <laughs> and not I, try I, 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 and not try forcefully to sit through the whole album <laughs> but maybe maybe one day i like i made in king diamond who knows you know it's it's hey it's a matter of of acquisition i think that if, if if you don't get the depth of it right away just leave it be and visit it again um yeah yeah Best example for my um, like music uh, discovery years was Spock's Beard. I like I was fairly new to Prague and like still like like a teenager and 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 of course knew only the bigger bands like Dream Theater and Symphony, Symphony X and Pink Floyd and whatnot. But um, and the bit like the older big ones. But um, then I listened to the. Um, Kindness of Strangers album, which I found in a like secondhand shop, and I just knew that they're supposed to be a, like a really good prog band, and I didn't get into it. And like one or two years later, I put it put the CD on again, and then it was a huge revelation. Yeah, one of those revelations you talked yeah. uh, 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 you already talked to, about uh, a couple of times today. Um, yeah, it's. Um, Wow, it's 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 just so much fun to 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 talk music. Uh, that's why yeah, I, is, I love it. <laughs> that's why I'm doing uh, uh, all of this as well here uh, with the proc talks and 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 stuff because it's just so much fun. Um, uh, yeah, what one one last um, question maybe um, about something very ge- very general. Um, Because I think the Franklin Zoo is a band that kind of falls into the um, overlap middle ground between hard or heavy rock and metal, like being very heavy without really having the sound aesthetic of metal. Uh, would would you agree, or would you? Where would you put Franklin Zoo? Would you say you're a rock band or are you a metal band? <laughs> oh shit, man! This is we're touching upon our biggest problem. 
it's it's actually quite uh it's a very very precise question you're asking right there it's like a scalpel like <clears throat> you know we take it as a compliment <laughs> I, i take it definitely as a compliment but the problem is that no one knows what to do with us it's like and, and we see it also with all the booking agencies the management thing no one wants us And it's because they don't know what, where to place us. So I can write um, maybe more mainstream music agency and they'll write back. You have a, they, they'll write something like, hey, Rasmus, uh, nice to hear from you. Uh, clearly your level is off the charts. You're a really good band. And congratulations with the record. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is not the kind of music that we book or promote. Okay, that would be the mainstream music booking agency now i can write the metal agency and i'll i'll be lucky if they answer at all because we're too soft for them but we're too hard for the more mainstream booking management thing right. so we're in like in the middle of of nowhere like as as you actually put it we're in we're in that exact overlap And and that causes some problems for people with regard to categorization and therefore what to do with us as a product or something that needs to be sold. Um, we have a lot of metal guys that, that like our music. For instance, Rasmus from LNN came and said, you guys, this record is fucking awesome. <laughs> and and I like it. Right. And, yeah, and he said, And I would play it, and I would listen to it, even though you weren't my friend. <laughs> and that's a really good. Uh, um, and and also, I have friends that would normally listen to more. That would never listen to metal music. That say the same thing. Rasmus is a he's a hardcore guy. You know, he used to play in the Psych Project, and he loves music like that. Uh, uh, and then I have. Uh, people from that that I've never met before, or people that I that, that like soul music or whatever jazz music, they'll be like, "This is this is actually pretty good. This this speaks <laughs> to me as well." So our problem right now, and and you pinpointed it exactly because I'm dealing with it right now, and I'm writing booking agencies, I'm writing management and stuff. No one wants us, and and I have uh, a. I, I think that I have identified it, uh, the exact way that you formulated the question. Um, we we are, are in that overlap, so it, it needs to be clear, the profile needs to be, be clear. On the other hand, the main quality of the record is that it, that it is unclear. That, that, is like, that, that is like the unique selling point, I would say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but I, if, if there are any booking agencies out there, I just I wanted to say that, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, spread the word, Franklin Zoo, they are looking for a home in regards of a booking agency. Um, yeah, if, you, as well. <laughs> if you, if you're not a booking agency or, or, um, artist management, You can still go out, listen to Franklin Zoo, and then also um, order the vinyl, which is coming out soon, of the Dandelion Child, the amazing new album. Uh, go follow them on all the social media um, platforms. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really, really hoping that uh, once this uh, 
the situation allows you guys will be out and playing all the all the stages again that are um available <laughs> yeah um, we'll have to see about that <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know i don't know what the, how it is in germany uh but right here i actually i think tonight they've been you know we re, re, reviving some of the restrictions uh yeah in germany it's worse in germany it's definitely worse and um but um i'm I'm sure in the summer it's gonna be okay again but then usually in the summer there's uh not really concert season because it's festival season so let's hope the festivals at, at least might go forward in the summer but yeah. we'll see it's gonna be um we'll we'll have to take it as a day by day uh, case by case um thing however it comes we we can't do anything about it anyway um except being sensible about it in our everyday lives and um yeah thank you for taking the time outside in yes. the cold with a candle very moody <laughs> um thank you guys out there. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me, man. And thank you for uh, for listening to the stuff we do. It's, You're uh, absolutely it's, welcome. Um, thank you, yeah. Thank you guys out there for for listening to the prog talks. If you like what we're doing, you know you can always get us a cup of tea, cup of coffee. Um, links uh, in the description, also to leave a like or uh, comment or um, subscription. Also, of course, all the links uh, for Franklin Zoo in the description everywhere. Um, that's it for this episode. Um, Take care out there and uh, keep spreading that prog love. The Prog Talks, produced by the Prog Space. Main host, Rune Belsvik Reynos. Produced by Rune Belsvik Reynos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munovitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.